welcome to the More Mando Show, the podcast that brings you more Mando. After the show tonight, we are discussing chapter 15, The Believer, which is season 2, episode 7. Tonight, I am joined by inmate 34667, Tim. What's going on, guys? (laughs) It still says on my screen, Tim Jaren, and you still <laughs> refuse to acknowledge it. I won't it. do it. Which is a shame, because it's, it's bloody brilliant, as some would say. When I saw you change your Twitter handle, I immediately texted you and said, I am annoyed at how good <laughs> that is. And that voice is, as always, TK5924 Corbin. Hey, hey. I'm the naughtiest stormtrooper in the biz. And of course, I am Clayton, and let's just jump into this episode, guys. Bill Burr comes back. He is Mayfeld. Uh, We're just going to do a quick recap this time. Uh, Past episodes, we've kind of gone through the episode and broken it down. This episode's pretty straightforward and pretty simple, Um, so just we'll just go through the episode real quick, um, and then we'll talk more in depth about the bigger meaning of certain things uh, and the overall episode. after that so uh they bend the rules a little bit cara dune comes in with her flexing her new new republic powers and gets uh mayfeld assigned to her and they get in slave one and they fly off to uh what's the name of the planet morak morak and they uh need to get to an internal imperial terminal so that Mayfeld can access Gideon's coordinates. So, of course, we've got a new side quest. The goal is to sneak in to this complex and access the terminal. So, of course, that's not easy. Uh, we see Din and Mayfeld take the place of a couple stormtroopers. They are driving some... Uh, Rhydonium, which is very volatile. If it bounces just a little bit, it goes boom. And, of course, there's people, they call them pirates, but it seems more like it's like a local resistance after we see the entire fight because uh, they're not trying to steal the road Rhydonium. They're just trying to blow it all up. And, man, they got like 50 thermal detonators are trying to just chuck it. T- t- and they're jarring. the older school thermal detonators, the little balls, instead of like Din's yeah. newer disc version. If he had that Beskar staff, he could have just been playing batting practice with them. Mm-hmm. Could have. Uh, so they're finally able to make it in. Uh, Mayfeld is confronted with his past, quite literally, with a former uh, superior officer. And it forces Din to break some rules so that he can access uh, Gideon's location from the terminal. But it's all for naught because the supervisor confronts them anyways and Mayfeld gets a few things off his chest as he says and just flipping obliterates the guy and they firefight out and that's it man that's it Mando issue they let they let Mayfeld go because he ends up being kind of a nice guy and Mando issues a declaration of war to Gideon via hologram which, Which was holy badass. crap, it was all so the goo- awesome. All the goose pimples all up and down my arm. He just I was he gave Gideon's speech right back to him. 
I'm coming for you. You have no idea how much he means to me. Mm-hmm. So, Daddy I did. mean, that's the episode, guys. The action was good, but uh, pretty straightforward, pretty quick. What uh, What are our general thoughts on the episode as a whole? And then we can start diving deeper into the meaning of uh, especially like Din's character development. So, Bill Burr does not get enough credit for his acting. I was blown away in this episode. He did such a good job. The only thing, the only thing that he can't get past is his own accent, which means there's a Boston in Star Wars somewhere. But I feel like that's a that, decision made somewhere. Like you, I don't know. He, he can't get rid of it. I mean, it's just everybody can make an accent, though. Everybody. I don't know. Bill Burr's the kind of guy, though, where he's like, listen, if you want my ugly mug in, in this Star Wars, you get me. If you want my ugly mug. <laughs> that was pretty but, good. <laughs> but he like, even down to like, just his like his body language, his mannerisms, like there was such a complexity to his character in this episode. And I was just like, in a season where we have legendary Carl Weathers acting like a goob, and we've got what's his face from Tombstone and aliens captain hicks or whatever acting like he just walked out of community acting college i was like fucking bill burt went off the standoff state stand-up stage and was like look at my redhead balded ass be a great actor well you know comedians are typically pretty good actors yeah whenever you see a comedian especially like just a stand-up comedian like come into the a serious role they usually bang it out of the park yeah, I just don't watch John Mulaney's failed TV show. That is garbage. Well, I'm, I don't think he's a comedian anyways, because I don't think he's funny. So, but that's Ooh, another John conversation. Is funny? Ooh, that uh, is crazy. Okay, but man, anyway. So so overarching, I always geek out about music. I know, Corbin, you're the same way. I thought the music in this episode was among the best episodes that there was. The different spins they put on the Mando theme song throughout were just really, really great. It was something that really jumped out at me today. The music. Yeah. Ludwig has been doing a really good job this season. I even tweeted him uh, through our main account, and he ended up liking it and retweeting it, which was cool because I don't think he gets enough credit. To be able to bring music to a Star Wars show that it feels like it fits Star Wars and it not be derivative, I feel like is probably a lot harder than people uh, he'll give credit because you don't notice it and you're not noticing it shows how good it is. How good it is. Absolutely. It just flows and fits the atmosphere perfectly. So I got to say, I love every episode of the Mandalorian. There's not an episode I don't love. This was a lower tier episode for me. There was great character development with Din. I want to spend a lot of time on the back end of this podcast talking about what that means. But when you think about where we're at in the story, there's only eight episodes this season, correct? Yeah, next week's the finale. Next week's the finale. finale. You look at season one, episodes seven and eight were a complete sprint. And to me, those two episodes are what elevated the Mandalorian to where it is right now. And we saw that pick up. I think season two, for me, has been better than season one as a whole. But when you get to the pen finale, the, the episode before, it was a little lackluster for me. I, I mean, don't know if you guys felt the same way. There were things I didn't really care for in the episode. And ultimately, I would have liked to have seen two full episodes of, a, of him and Moff Gideon, I feel like. 
Um, well, I think one, it's either telling that I'm also curious what the eighth episode runtime is going to be, but I mean, we might not see a resolution. We might actually get a traditional cliffhanger in this season as well. But I do think that while you're correct, the last two episodes of the first season were like really good hype trains. The overall first season, their side quest stories were way lower scale than this season. Like I feel like this season's had much bigger and bombastic episodes for the universe in whole. And I feel like this episode in particular, while I'm watching it, I'm like, I have a hard time not seeing Bill Burr being a player in the, the new Rangers show, which I feel like is clearly going to be Cara Dunes thing. Yeah, I agree. So I feel like, and now this was something that I brought up a few episodes ago where I feel like there might be some concern that they're spending a lot of time trying to set up spinoffs, just like Iron Man two, like John Favreau had issues with just like kept setting up Avengers stuff. Yeah. And so like this episode is one where I'm like, I think it's just setting up the new Rangers show and giving you more feel of what that's going to be like. You know, for what it's worth, I, I don't know if you can trust this yet. We'll definitely revisit it next week, but IMDB says next week's episodes, 40 minutes. Hmm. So I don't know if that's legit or if that's speculative based on what we've seen for the past couple of episodes, but it doesn't look like, I think last, I think the finale of season one was over an hour. Um, and it doesn't, according to IMDb, we're not getting that, which is a little bit of a letdown for me. I that wanna, almost tells me that we probably are going to get a cliffhanger. We're not going to get a great resolution. Yeah, yeah put, a, put an asterisk we, because who knows if it's accurate. But we might get the Jedi reveal. It's, I feel like that's the nugget of information we're going to be left with. Either Maybe. Thrawn is revealed or we see who the Jedi is that's going to help. Train I don't think we're going to see Thrawn. I think that's going to be I, totally I really Ahsoka's show. Ahsoka's show is going to be... And I don't, now that Ahsoka officially has her own show, I don't think the Jedi is going to be Ezra because I really, really think that Ahsoka's show is going to be, I, I'm going to find Ezra and Thrawn. Yeah. Like the, 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 uh, the time jump cliffhanger, like almost after credits tease at the end of Rebels where she goes to get Sabine and it's insinuated that they're going to look together for Ezra. I think that that happens after the episode in the Mandalorian and then her show happens after that. Yeah. So. I mean, that's fair. Um, so we got, we got new Boba Fett armor tonight. I don't know if you guys did up, boy updated fixed. clean, clean. He, also his, his baby belly, it. his baby belly. It seems gone. Well, he he's wearing a darker cloak for one darker okay. is more slimming. He's got a nice, like cool samurai esque, uh, man skirt mm-hmm. to cover the pudgy legs, and then you know the nice dark green flat paint. The he's wearing it well, man. I mean, it's looking it's phenomenal. True. Got the nice bright lights like flickering on the side here. Two details I noticed in this in this episode that I really appreciated. One, the interior of Slave One. We got to see how the hall is oh. like uh disjointed from the actual like frame of the ship so the frame of the ship can move around but you're just like the hull stands steady mm-hmm. which is kind of cool yeah the hull is like a a sphere or a disc and the rest of the ship moves around it yeah and the other detail i noticed uh that i appreciated was all of those really cool stormtroopers that rogue one introduced were all used in this episode mm-hmm. which is really cool um 
so that brings me to this uh base this mining encampment was run by the isb which is the imperial um security bureau which is orson krennic's branch the white officers oh uh so that may be why we saw some of those different stormtroopers because uh, they were involved so that also kind of leads me to think i wonder if they're the ones who have taken over and are leading the uh, Imperial Remnant, because they always yeah. describe the ISB as like the Imperials version of uh, the Nazi SS officers, like they're actually like kind of in control. And then when things fell apart, like they're the ones who are like, we're gonna try to redo they're, this. They're the decision maker, right? Yeah, yeah. Other than that, just before we dive into Den, another thing that I had was I really liked how Bill Burr's character uh, really kind of showed. Uh, what it's like to be the perspective of what it's like to be on this kind of planet where it doesn't matter if you're the empire or the new Republic, someone is in your business telling you we're ruling now for your good. And yeah. that is something that I think that we lose, we lose sight of sometimes in star Wars where it is an entire galaxy like planets. And we, we always planet hop. But sometimes you lose sight that like each planet has like their own, planet populace of millions of people and stuff. And all those people are forced into the, one of the regimes, whatever the change yeah. is. And that people don't always see that as a positive. Sometimes they're just like, can you just leave me alone? We have an entire planet of our own to deal with. I don't want to deal with your shit. Yeah. I wrote that down as well. I really liked his line. Uh, if you grew up on Mandalore, you think one thing, if you grew up on Alderaan, you believe another and they're both gone now. So it doesn't matter. It's true. So yeah, I thought that was a great line and, and it really set up the rest of the episode and it really played into the um the progression that we've seen Din Djarin have over the course of the series this season where he's just really questioning his beliefs and how he was brought up. And I mean this was a breakthrough episode for Din and and what he was willing to do for Grogu. I think the, the thing that makes this episode work so good, and that's why I really liked this episode as far as Din as a character is concerned, is we've they've done such a great job at building the scaffolding and foundation of his belief system so that when he tears it all down for Grogu, it's hugely impactful. Yeah, him it's very meaningful. Him taking off his helmet and you seeing that struggle before he takes it off and you realize, fuck it. I need to save this kid. He's all I want. It's like, it's, it's huge. Mm -hmm. And it seems so small. And if they didn't spend all of that time hammering that point home, that beat would have been, would have fallen flat. So that's like, for me, that's the biggest part of the episode. And I thought it was so well done. And it's Pedro behind the mask with his nice little mustache. <laughs> mm -hmm. Looking good. You know, I thought, and I want to keep talking about Din, but I thought, the overarching theme of what Bill Burr said there was one of the best overarching themes of a singular episode where it's all about your perspective. So you have the pirates and if you change the role, you take Grogu's safety out of this, you're rooting for the pirates in this situation, right? Mm -hmm. 
you're rooting for them. But it, in this episode, you want the pirates to all be killed. And then the TIE fighters show up and save the day. And there, I had this moment where I was like, yes. But yeah. then you realize you're like, oh shit, that's the TIE fighter though. Like this is, these are the bad guys, but it's all about your perspective in the episode. I don't know. I thought it, it challenged you to think differently about what side you're on and what's good and what's bad and how easily it changes. And, and I thought the episode did a great job of putting you in that spot where you're rooting for stormtroopers and TIE fighters, which you never do. Yeah. And they even like acknowledge it in the show because when they hop out, I think Bill Burr says something like, I never thought I'd be happy to see <laughs> stormtroopers. Right. Which I feel like you're just making the argument, Tim, that this isn't the weakest episode because it just challenges you in different ways. Definitely not the weakest. Bottom tier. <laughs> <laughs> Bottom tier. Um, Every solid train needs a caboose. So back to back to Den. We see him. We see him take his helmet off. It's huge for. I don't know. I I think that this is the moment that you see carry forth into the next season. I think now that he's taken his helmet off, and even though it's highly probable that we don't see Bill Burr's character again uh, in the Mandalorian, like we kind of mentioned before, I think they're setting him up for a potential spinoff. I don't know if we're going to see him here. He said, you know, I never saw your face. I, it does make me wonder what, what is, what beliefs that he had is he willing to completely throw away, which is something Bill Burr challenged him with in the cockpit is everybody's beliefs are one thing until things get muddy and then they start to loosen up. And, and that's exactly what we're seeing right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's all about just remaining constant with your character. I think that was the biggest takeaway too, where it's like, if you are doing you and you're doing what you believe is correct, throw this other shit away. It's, it's okay. Whatever helps you sleep at night. Yeah. So, that was that was awesome. Also, I as I'm watching this episode, like my gears are start are turning, and I'm like, do we think that when the season ends, we'll be seeing Fett move on to the New Rangers, or maybe Fett is just a kind of a mainstay in Mandalorian for right now? I suspect because we didn't get a Boba Fett show announced. I suspect that he's gonna be around. On the Mandalorian specifically? Mm -hmm. On the Mandalorian. I don't see him being in the New Rangers because he's not... I mean, he's still a bounty hunter. He's he's not going to be affiliated with the New Republic. And uh, Fennec is still wanted by both sides. Yeah. So... And Din has no transportation. Yeah, and Din has no transportation. <laughs> <laughs> Another detail that I loved was when Boba Fett said they might recognize my face because he's not yeah. talking about his Boba armor. Let's he's just talking about the fact that he is the face of all the clothes. my face, yep. I love that. It was so subtle. And I feel like that was a detail that might have gone over people's heads. They might have just been thinking, oh yeah, because he's Boba Fett and he worked with Darth Vader. No, because the whole mission was that your face had to be shown. It's that he was the face of all the clones, which is so cool. Mm-hmm. Um... So one thing I want to bring up before we uh, get too far away from it, and I forget, uh, the vehicles that they use to transport this Rhydonium, I am left confused often by the choice of vehicles used in Star Wars. <laughs> we have access to hovercraft that literally do not touch the ground, and we're using... Caterpillar-esque 
giant wheeled rovers. To be fair, to be fair, <laughs> we've never seen a hovercraft as well armored as the wheeled rovers. The only reason, and this so this thing held up against explosions and stuff. It was only wait, 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 uh, no, vulnerable no, no. when people Stop. were jumping onto it. A couple episodes ago, when they were back on uh, Cara Dune's planet, they escape in an armored hovercraft. <laughs> not armored, like, not armored like this, Clayton. It, it's armored even more because it was made for war. <laughs> Listen. We've hovercrafts are unpre- like, hovercraft like predictable. In, you need you need you need the assurance. You're you're taking highly volatile equipment. You need the assurance need of, bounce of, boot, of boots on the ground. You gotta bounce it. You gotta bounce it. It reminds might, me of like in Last Jedi when they're using those ships that like have to have that needle touching the ground to mm-hmm. fly. Or just to have the, the uh in for in the rise of Skywalker, the they're u- they're using uh, Ray and them are using a hovercraft like a sail barge to get away, but then the first order troopers are like coming with like four motorcycles have a, a lift that on have it. launches to launch. I just question. It's like I get it. Don't I get it? You want to have a cool that, you, Star you, Wars you, you, vehicle? You can't go down that road because in the but I can't stuff, help like but think because in the ATATs and the ATSTs become like. What the fuck? No, see, doing? that's just a part of the world. Sense. The more <laughs> of these weird... Ve- no, because they were original. You're not thinking about that. The more of these vehicles that are introduced, the more you start to think, well, why are they using that instead of this? You know, you can Less start going down the, down the path of this is probably a fraction of the cost and there is some sort of limit on resources and money. But when you're talking about transporting something as valuable as what this is, because they make this sound like it's ultra valuable. It's what's really going to advance them to their power status. They were the only ones who were successful in their shipment. Yeah. That yeah. the that one, the officer made that comment. Of, you're the only ones who made it alive. You know, so I can get behind the ATATs and all of that because it's like, yeah, you know, there's limited resources. But when you're talking about transporting something this valuable and this volatile, it makes absolutely no sense. And Clayton, I didn't think about that. And now this ruin, this episode is a terrible episode. (laughs) Validated it. Just leave it to me to notice little things that will ruin everything for you. (laughs) Oh, man. It's about um, the toys, Tim. You can't let it ruin. Yeah, it's all about the toys. I also thought it was funny that like you have the moment where Bill Burr's character, what, what was Bill Burr's character's name? Mayfield. Mayfield. Mayfield was, he was supposed to go in and get the coordinates and he sees his former boss and says, I can't go in there. There's, there's a chance that, there's a chance he recognizes me. But then if you watch the episode closely, He's standing right in the door frame, staring in at Din as Din's trying to do this. And it's, it's like very clear that if his old boss just turned his head, he's making eye contact with them the whole time. It's not like he like stepped away. He's hiding like he's right in the middle of the doorway the whole time. Like that. Just stupid little things like that. No, 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 no. For your audio listeners, I'm doing the, the Bernie finger? Sanders finger gif. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> you stop it. Can't do that. I mean, he also saw him like walk in the room and then immediately turn around. I was just like, ugh. if I had to poop, it would have gone back in my butthole. I was like, you're just making this worse <laughs> for yourself, dude. You should have just committed. Yeah, you just got to commit. 
also, while we're on the discussion of vehicles, we see the seismic charge make its glorious return. It was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. It was and, of course, the gorgeous. sound was as sexy as ever. Uh, last, I think it was last week, or maybe it was earlier this week, my For You page on TikTok was just all... Uh, what's the non-sexual sound that just gets you turned on? And it was all these different people showing that scene from episode two where the seismic charges go off. <laughs> so. Star Wars TikTok is a great TikTok. <laughs> it can be. TikTok. It can be good. It's a lot of dumb opinions out there. Yeah, it's like those Facebook community groups I always talk about. There's some oh. bad opinions out there. Hopefully people don't find our opinions. The dumb you know ones. what I saw and not to get too far off a tangent, but we do have a few minutes here cause we're only at 24 minutes. I saw, uh, all the articles are, you know, still circulating about, uh, Django Fett being retconned into being a foundling and a Mandalorian and everything. And, uh, somebody shared one to one of these star Wars groups on Facebook. And the first comment I see is who writes these articles? Jenko Fett's not a Mandalorian. And I was like, listen here, buddy, your information's old. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Sometimes there's a moment to gripe and sometimes there's a power, a time to power flex where it's like, you're wrong with your fan fiction. It's old news, bucko. You know what's funny, speaking of fan fiction, there are still a good number of people in those groups and other forums that will die on the hill that Legends is canon and Disney is the fan fiction. It's like, you don't control that. Like, you can say that you like Legends better and you know, you're not going to partake in the Disney, and that's fine. But you can't, like, die on this hill and say, it's not canon. Well, guess what, buddy? It, would be it like- is. You could not like, like uh, it, and you like could a, not participate, but it is. <laughs> Sorry. They're essentially uh, Thanos without the Infinity Gauntlet going, now reality can be whatever right. I want. And nothing changes. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> or they like stick their hand in mashed potatoes fresh off the oven, and they say, this is cold. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can think what you want. But it's not true. <laughs> Sometimes your opinion's just wrong. All right. So next week we are amping up for um, the big showdown. It'll be interesting to see how it takes place. Um, if they're just going to get up on him, if they're going to try to somehow leak his location to the New Republic and like come in as everybody's distracted, like what's going to happen? Are we going to see Beskar Spear versus Darksaber? I was getting ready to say, we should all say what we think we're going to see. I think we'll for sure get the Jedi tease on who's going to be the Jedi. I don't think we're going to get the Jedi tease. That'll be my prediction. No Jedi. I think you do get the tease. I was kind of hoping you guys would just say like your own original thought and not vote on it, but at least I won the vote. (laughs) (laughs) I think you get the tease, but you don't know who it is. Kind of like... You get a boot. Well, it was. Did we decide? Was it the Marshall or was it? Oh, it was. It was. Uh, it was Boba. Boba. Yeah, kind of like that. Like you see the boot, and you're like, "Who the hell is that?" I think that's what you're going to get with um, the Jedi team. I'll make a bold, bold prediction that we'll we'll see if it's right or not. Grogu dies. No. <laughs> you, they can never do that. You know that. They can show it end. end. All of their 
Disney dump we, announcements that happened yesterday. The Whoa. stock price is at an all-time high right now, Boom. and tomorrow it's like <laughs> yeah. all-time low. Uh, Boba Fett is going to die. I think he dies. And he keeps the ship. And uh, may, yeah, I, I wasn't that would, going. That I wasn't going there in my mind, but yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I could see that, but it would feel cheap. I still don't trust Boba. I've mentioned this to you guys off cast. I don't, I don't trust Boba yet for some odd reason. I think there's a chance you see a double cross. Okay. I do. Do we know what the episode's called, by the way? The last one, I didn't look it up, no. It is, we mm. do not yet. Okay. Uh, also, speaking of which, um, I don't know why this one was called The Believer. Do you guys do you guys know who the believer is or have an idea? Like up until now, every name has been like, okay, I know why it's named that. Well, I think about the Smash Mouth song, like I'm a believer. Mm. I yeah. couldn't leave. I couldn't take my helmet off if I tried. Yeah, except you did. So, uh, so to Tim's point, though, really quick before we wrap it up, I don't necessarily distrust him, but I do see your point because. Boba Fett up until this point has been a bounty hunter. He's been about himself. You know, he's, uh, he's, I mean, he's friends with Bosk and Dengar, but I mean, he lives that rogue life. You know what I mean? We've not seen him be, I'm a Mandalorian, Mandalorian holding to a Mandalorian code. And that seems to be what he's projecting right now. And that's not really, <clears throat> he says so himself when he first meets Din that he does not uh, hold any creed. Nothing, right? So you would think in a situation of battle that if the Empire is saying, we're going to give you all this stuff if you do this, I think you see him do that. Mm-hmm. And he's been so, super like helpful. Yep. I mean, I feel like we're going to get another Lando situation where... Lando sells out Han and Boba's going to sell out Mando. Yeah. That's just that's just what my gut has said since Boba came back in was they're going to make you trust this guy and he is going to turn his back as soon as the Empire flashes that money at him. Could be. Yeah. A little thing with this episode, I know we're wrapping up, but a cool little um, detail that I noticed was Din changes out of the Beskar and you see him instinctively try to use the best car as a weapon mm. fighting the pirates and it's just falling apart on him and he gets like legitimately hurt. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I just thought that was really cool. We've talked about how the best car has become his best weapon and we see him go to it ref- with his reflexes and it just fail miserably. Today. Yeah. That was actually a really cool moment where you see him try to block it with his wrists and then try to block it with his arm. And then he immediately has to just kind of change his fighting style because he's, yeah, really that plastic armor is getting shattered by those wooden sticks, boy. <laughs> but man, I I know that I talked about it last episode, um, or the episode that they fight Boba, the Robert Rodriguez one, where he, mm-hmm. when he was like walking down the hill, it seemed like he was kind of like fumbly. When he's on top of that car and he turns back around to walk in, he's just he just has this awkward waddle, and I was just like, he does can, struggle to get back inside. I didn't I was like, that. I can tell Pedro is in this suit. All respect, but I could tell Pedro's in that suit. When Brendan's in the suit, you don't see none of that. He was just like kind of this goofy little waddle. 
where he's like full body motion. <laughs> the kind of walk when you have to poop and you just kind of tighten yeah, up. Maybe, yeah. yeah. He just got done fighting. I mean, there was a big explosion. <laughs> TIE fighters just shot down. Maybe he did almost have poop himself. He's like trying to hold it in. <laughs> I gotta get back in this fucking thing. All right, guys, that does it for this week. We've got some bold predictions for next week. It's going to be a big episode, I'm sure, because we're going to go over the episode. uh, And then we'll have a follow-up episode that will go live the next week where we talk about the overall uh, season, where we think it's going to go, questions we have still left over, all that kind of stuff. And then we may have um, even another episode um, before we put this – season to bed until next christmas when mando season three comes out um but i don't want to announce it yet because it's not for sure but we may have a very special episode uh to follow up our quote-unquote season finale Uh, so keep your eyes out for that this has been the more mando show we are a product of the nerdosphere if you like what we do check out our other stuff over at the nerdosphere.com we've got an anime centric podcast our main podcast is called the nerdosphere we discuss anything uh that's nerdy that you can nerd out about from the big screen to the small screen and anything in between that'll do it until next week see you in the next one Bye bye. Think fair. Have a great week. I have spoken. This is the way in all that. Mm-hmm.